what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV, where we talk about the world of customer service, providing excellent customer service to clients, customers, coworkers, vendors, anybody you come into contact with in a professional or even sometimes a little more casual environment. The idea of customer service is still extremely important and something that's constantly evolving in the way we can provide excellent customer service to the people around us. My name is Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, and here with me is my co-host, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alan. How are you? Doing fine. Doing pretty good. good. It's starting to enjoy the summer weather a little bit. It's getting warm outside. The the kids are uh, gearing up here for uh, for a nice summer break. So uh, uh, I hope things are going well with you and your family as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're, we're getting near the end of the school year, which I know my daughter is thrilled about. So sure. Sure. That, that'll be nice just to get a little rest and have a little fun for her. And uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely looking forward to it. So it's a nice time of year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're here to talk a little bit about the world of customer service. And as we talk about, uh, you know, some ideas and, and, and thoughts that people in an organization need to keep in mind about not only delivering good customer service, but also how to get the employees around them to be thinking about good customer service as well. And that does lead us into today's topic, Ed, uh, that we're going to talk about is the idea of motivating the unmotivated employee, which I love that topic, by the way, because I'm, <laughs> I, uh, I actually have an example very, very fresh in my brain, even just from this morning, about three hours ago, wow. that uh, really kind of illustrates why this is something we need to be talking about. So, um, I go in to visit my doctor, okay, family doctor. I'm just there for kind of some blood work and general checkup on things. You know, I've always noticed some of the staff working there seem to be a little disinterested in what it is they're doing on a, on a daily basis. I'm sure a lot of it is you see 100, 200 patients maybe, you know, in a day. Things kind of blur together. You get a little, a little worn down maybe. But uh, it was really surprising to me, and maybe because I knew we were recording this show this afternoon, I'm a little more in tune with it. But as I approached the counter, and it's just trying to get them to show any level of enthusiasm, for me, granted, it's just a general checkup I'm coming in for, but I honestly felt like not only was I inconveniencing them, but they were completely bored out of their minds with what they were doing, counting down the hours until it's five o'clock on Friday so they can head home. And you know, it just, it doesn't put me in a mood to where I want to be there either (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it just seems like, well, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not interesting to them, if, if they're not showing any enthusiasm, I certainly don't feel like I need to show any, it just creates a very dour situation. So Ed, I'm really anxious to talk about what can we do in an organization to help motivate those people that we see around us and we know are just unmotivated with what they're doing. Well, uh, you know, that, that's a really interesting story that you shared, Alan. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, employees sometimes are doing their job and, and for whatever reason, they don't realize that how they're feeling, you know, maybe it is the boredom, maybe it is the, the fact that they've seen three to 400 patients in the week. They don't realize how when they exhibit those feelings, it really impacts how the customers feel, uh, how the customers feel at that moment, how they feel about the organization and, and the kind of experiences they're going to share with their buddies. So, yeah, that transfer of feelings is huge in organizations. And, and you're right. Those were probably staff who were not very motivated, not very excited to be there. 
for whatever reason. So yes, we're going to talk about that today. How do you motivate the unmotivated employees? And especially how do you motivate them to, to go the extra mile, to go above mm-hmm. and beyond the minimum that you would expect? So we're going to address this from four different perspectives. And the first is, since we're talking about motivating people to go the extra mile, uh, let's talk about what is the extra mile, okay? And in order to have a good understanding of what's above and beyond or what's the extra mile, let's talk about what basic expectations are. So sure. just to ask you a quick question, Alan, okay. when, when you were going into that physician office, I'm not asking you what is the wow experience you were hoping to have, but at a bare minimum, at the very minimum, what do you expect when you go into a physician office, you go into a fast food restaurant, you go into a automotive parts store, you know, you, you go to pay your, your power bill or whatever the case might be. What's the bare minimum you expect in terms of what the experience is going to be like? Bare minimum, I would at least expect someone to welcome me when I walk in. Simple acknowledgement. Hello, how are you? Uh, you know, good to see you, whatever it may be. Basic acknowledgement, basic bare minimum friendly nature. It doesn't have to be overflowing with friendliness, just at least somebody who just seems like they're generally happy for me to be there or at least to see me. That's mm-hmm. really it, the bare minimum. Beyond that, you know, that, that, that sets me on a pretty good spot already. Okay. And that's, that's good to know because before we can say uh, we need you as an employee to go above and beyond, we have to be able to, to uh, illustrate, well, what exactly is above and beyond? And we actually did a similar exercise to what I just briefly did with you with a client last week. And we asked them, you know, what are the basics you expect when you're interacting with uh, an organization? And they said some similar things. They said, yes, I expect somebody to acknowledge me, not for me to have to go hunt somebody down and interrupt two employees talking to each other. At a minimum, I expect them to be friendly I expect them to, to smile. If I send them an email or leave a voicemail, I expect to get a return call or, or email. So that's just the basics. So if we're talking about motivating people to go above and beyond, well, let's start talking about, well, what is above and beyond? So, for example, uh, if it's a matter of, yeah, I expect my email or my voicemail to get returned. Well, what if it not only got returned, but it got returned within two or three hours or, or, or much less? You know, what if it wasn't just a situation where somebody did what they expected, they were expected to complete this project, but they they completed it a week early. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about the acknowledgement, what what if what would be above and beyond just a basic uh, hello, how can I help you? What would be an above and beyond response from an employee when you walked in the door, Alan? Well, I think whenever I pose my question or my need or whatever I'm there for, not only are they kind of talking me through either if I'm looking for options or if I'm looking for answers, they're actually helping me while I'm there find those answers, almost treating it as a goal of before I walk back out the door or get back off the phone that I am left with all the answers to the questions I have with no, with no doubt in my mind. That to me is above and beyond, you know, it's more than just being friendly. It's I'm going to leave this, this, this customer completely satisfied or at least understanding what's going on with no no gaps in their their knowledge. Yeah, and that's a great example. So if, if basics are the employee is going to answer your question, above and beyond is the employee is going to try to understand what your goal is and they're they're going to anticipate needs you might have down the road. So instead of just telling you what you're going to need to do today, 
they're laying out the two or three steps you need to take tomorrow and the next day to get to the to get to the answer, to get the project submitted, to make sure that that your health improves long term rather than just getting the exam today. Yeah. You know, it could be a situation where they are explaining kind of the big picture process as opposed to just what that individual task is. Um, when you walk in, instead of them just saying hello, you know, they're standing up, they're looking away from the computer, they're smiling at you, they greet you, they introduce themselves by name, ask your name, they establish a little rapport. So it's one of these things that if you really think from a manager perspective, how do I motivate staff to go above and beyond? You really have to start with, okay, what is the bare minimum that, that our customers expect of our employees. And then we have to define what is above and beyond, you know, what is beyond the basics uh, in terms of the quality of what we do, in terms of how we set or manage expectations, in terms of how we communicate with, with our customers, our responsiveness to emails, our courtesy, respect, timeliness, all those aspects of the job performance. So the first thing we suggest that you do when you're trying to motivate employees to go above and beyond is be very clear on what is that extra mile kind of action. Get, get real specific in your mind about what are those expectations that we have that are beyond the bare minimum. Well, let me even couch it back to my example a little bit. So so I'm, I'm going to kind of get, so I had some blood work done and I'm trying to check and see, you know, I got cholesterol is kind of something I like to keep a check on. I'm very kind of cautious about it and want to make sure my body's doing me okay these days. So I go in and, and I had had my blood work done in the morning. I was going back to meet with the doctor just to review the results and see mm-hmm. how I'm doing on things. And the young lady who uh, escorts me back to the uh, to the to my room doesn't say a word. You know, when I show up, she just kind of is there waiting for me. And she sees me. She's like, "Follow me, follow her." <laughs> she takes me into the room. She's like, "You can go ahead and sit down." I sit down. She starts to take my blood pressure, and she's like, "Oh, here's the results from the blood work." And she just hands me a sheet of paper while she's doing the blood work, doing the uh, checking my blood pressure. Well, well, luckily you're a doctor and you know how to interpret well, all those that, medical results. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, luckily I've seen them enough time I kind of know how to read them. But I saw a couple things on there that the numbers were a little high, like in the yeah you need to watch out for these things. And it's just I, you know she could tell I was kind of bothered by it. I'm like oh wow, I didn't realize you know the numbers are crept up like this. She didn't say a word. I mean, not a word. Just take the blood pressure, walk back out the door. And I'm thinking, okay, you've just handed me a report that granted, it's not like, you know, I'm dying or anything, but it does show that here's something I need to work on. And there was no explanation. There was no, wow. Yeah. Well, I know you, when you talk to the doctor, I'm sure he's going to help you out with some ideas on that or something, just some sort of rapport to say, I understand this is your health and you, we, we all want to take this seriously. But so I think there it was like the bare minimum was, acknowledge that you're giving me medical information that I may or may not find troubling and acknowledge that going above and beyond is the sitting down and saying, well, you know what, before the doctor gets in here, let me, let me just tell you what some of these things may mean. Some other questions you may have uh, to answer before the doctor gets in. So that way you're ready to talk with him when he shows up. That's to me, you know, that's, that's above and beyond the extra mile. So. Yeah, and the great thing about what you're doing is, for for my sake, for this particular podcast, you've perfectly segued into the second point that we're going to cover today. I knew so, that. See, I'm just I'm yeah. that good at a host. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yes, ESP. I'm going to have you pick lottery numbers Perfect. on our next podcast. So you're doing do. a great job. Um, so the next point uh, beyond defining what are those extra mile actions, uh, the second point is we have to paint a picture of what great customer service looks like for staff. And one of the things you did was exceptionally important. You told a story, mm. okay? And just to kind of illustrate that a little bit, let me ask you a couple quick questions okay. and uh, 
tell me your answers first thing comes to mind um do you know jackie robinson's uh batting average lifetime batting average i don't offhand know okay uh can you tell me a little bit about jackie robinson why he's so well known uh i know he was a famous baseball player broke a lot of racial barriers that's what I've got right now. So okay, yeah. so so th- this is a situation where you know you can't give me facts and figures and that sort of thing, but but you know about his story, sure. You know, and you're a movie buff. I'm sure you've seen the the movie that he was 42, in. Forty two, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, Nordstroms. Let me talk about Nordstroms. Nordstroms. They. I don't know if you've heard this story before. I may have told it before, but there's a situation many years ago in a store in the Midwest where a lady tried to return four automobile tires to a Nordstrom's uh, department store. Have I mentioned that? Or you it's been that a story? really long time on the show. I think many, many yeah. episodes ago, but yeah, I still love it. Go ahead and t- say it again for anybody who hasn't, yeah. hasn't well, heard it. Well, essentially Nordstrom's is a high end retailer. A lot of women's shoes and clothing and this sort of thing. They do not sell tires, but this <laughs> lady was adamant that she had bought the tires at this particular Nordstrom. <laughs> so the employee is working with her, talking with her and he, and he's explaining to ma'am, unfortunately we, we don't sell tires. And, and are you sure you bought it here? Oh yes, I'm definitely sure I bought it here. Well, essentially what had happened was where that store was located previously it had been something like a Sears automotive center. So technically she did, buy those tires at that location, but she did not buy them from Nordstrom's. Right. So what does the employee do? He allows her to return the tires and gives her a credit for it. Wow. So you look at that and you think, you know, I have no idea uh, what the return policy is for Nordstrom's. I have no idea what's in the employee handbook, but I, I can tell you just based on that story, how Nordstrom's teaches its employees to handle customers and and how they view returns and how they view relationships and how they empower employees. Uh, just one other quick example. Um, there, there's books out there. You, you may have seen books, read books before, and I'm sure there are movies since you're a movie buff as well, talking about uh, examples of people climbing Mount Everest or climbing mm-hmm. mountains and coming over, uh, overcoming all of these barriers and hardships in the process. And and there's so much interest in these movies, in these books in particular, but it's not because – and I've read a couple of these books. It's not because I personally want to climb a mountain. Right. You know, it's not because mm-hmm. I personally want to follow Sherpas up 28,000 feet or whatever Mount Everest <laughs> is. But but uh, why do you think people are drawn to books like that, uh, to movies uh, about mountain climbing and, and achieving the summit and things like that? Why do you think that attracts people, Alan? I think it's just the whole story of someone – getting to that, that ultimate situation, that ultimate goal in their life and overcoming that goal. And just, it's more of the story of getting there and seeing somebody per, uh, survive that situation or uh, make the best of it than it is the actual act itself. Right. Yeah. It's the inspirational part. Yeah. It's the journey they went through. It's like, wow, this person overcame these great obstacles. It's those lessons learned. Right. So w- the reason why we're talking about all these different stories is that the second key point of motivating staff is you have to go beyond telling them specifically what is above and beyond. You know, you, you can't just say, I want you to deliver great customer service. I yeah. want you to, to be excellent at customer service. You know, I want you to be very responsive to emails. Sometimes in order to motivate staff to achieve greatness, we have to paint a picture, use a story to illustrate it. So I'm going to give you a real specific example, okay. uh, just like the story that you gave from the physician office. Um, uh, this is a, a, a story about an employee who was a, a leader now in a sports organization. And he said, when I was 
in a role similar to yours. He's talking to a, a frontline new sales rep with with a pro sports team. I had a non-responsive customer. Uh, he wouldn't return any of my phone calls, reply to any of my emails. Uh, unless he had some kind of an urgent need. And he barely said hi to me when I went to a baseball game and I tried to go to his seat at the stands. You know, I'm not even sure he remembered my name. It was really, really frustrating. Wow. Uh, but but then I saw him at a game one day and I noticed he had a picture uh, or a little fisherman's hat on. Uh, you know, I could tell there were lures on, on his hat and that mm-hmm. sort of thing at the game. Uh, and now, now, personally, I know nothing about fishing, but because mm-hmm. I saw the lures, I struck up a conversation about fishing. And every time I talked to him uh, at subsequent games or on the phone, I brought up fishing. And it got right. to the point where uh, if I was walking down a concourse, he would identify me and he'd come and he'd seek me out. Hmm. And he would just start up a conversation with me. And and later in the year, when, when he would have an issue, he would call me very quickly, but he'd have a good attitude when he was calling, even though sure. there might have been an issue. And when he had a need, I asked uh, and when I needed his quick response on something, he got right back to me. So okay. it, that's a situation where you as a supervisor, leader, manager could tell staff, hey, you need to connect with your customer. Uh, and what does that really mean? And, and different employees might have different definitions. But if you can tell a story like this, this fish lure story, like you're bringing up a topic, like you're engaging them, and all of a sudden the client starts engaging you, all of a sudden you're painting a picture for what excellence looks like in customer service. And it's a lot easier to motivate staff if they clearly understand what you expect of them. And sometimes the story is the best tool to use to to paint that picture of what is the extra mile, what is above and beyond. Yeah, because I think otherwise what what you're saying is, it's kind of getting left to people's own subjective interpretation of what those things mean. You know, saying, right. I want you to be more responsive in email. Well, to somebody more responsive means, well, as long as I don't wait longer than four days to respond, I'm being responsive. Yes. But you paint the picture and it really helps people click in. People just, you're right, they respond to stories and even visual stories a little bit more than they do. Uh, written instructions or just verbal instructions like that. So, Right. So in your case of the physician office visit this morning, you could say, oh, it was a bad experience or, oh, you shouldn't treat your customers like this. But if instead you were able to tell the story like you did very well at the beginning of our time together, people are, are mentally creating this picture in their minds when they're listening to you. And it's a vivid image, something that they're much more likely to remember, just like we remember Jackie Robinson's story, but we don't remember his stats. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. remember how we felt and the inspiration of the Mount Everest climb, but we don't know technically how they climbed Mount right. Everest. Right. You know, we remember the attitude of this employee at Nordstrom's and the empowerment that they felt and, and the ownership that they took, but we don't know anything about their return policies or their employee handbook. So sometimes if you want to motivate somebody to, to go above and beyond, we got to do a good job of painting a picture through a story of what above and beyond really looks like. All right. So far, so good, Ed. I like it. So defining those extra mile actions, what are the things that actually take you that extra mile, as we say, on on customer service delivery, and then painting the picture of great customer service for the staff. Instead of just telling them what to do, it's telling them a story, showcasing and visualizing what that excellent customer service looks like. That's exactly right. Good. We're going to take a quick break, Ed, and come back with a couple more ideas on the whole idea of motivating the unmotivated employee here on Stepping Up Service. We'll be right back in just a moment. Baseball is back, and the Hickory Crawdads have an exciting season ahead. Join the dads for weekly promotions such as Dollar Day, Fireworks Fridays, and, of course, Thirsty Thursday. 
The Crawdads will also host the South Atlantic League All-Star Game on June 17th. Regular season and All-Star Game tickets are now on sale and available at the Crawdads box office or hickorycrawdads.com. Welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. Before we get back into our discussion about motivating the unmotivated employees at your organization, let me just take a quick break and tell you a little bit about us as host and the Mesh Network that you're listening to. Ed Gagnon's with Customer Service Solutions, a great organization working with many, many clients on improving or assessing, coming up with strategies for helping improve the customer service environment at their organization and the customer service they provide to clients. Ed, your guys' website is cssamerica.com, correct? That's correct. CSS for Customer Service Solutions, America, all one word, dot com. And Ed, I'll just tell you, I love going to your website just because you normally have some pretty good blog posts or ways to check out the email newsletter there and a lot of information to share. So it's just as much a resource as it is telling it about what you guys do as a company. But I do encourage people, if you have any interest or if you're in a role at your organization where you are required to help your coworkers or leadership team deal with customer service or assess where you are in the terms of delivering customer service. There's a lot of great resources on the website there. Definitely encourage you to check it out and read some of the articles there. And uh, get in touch with Ed if you've got some questions or ideas. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you there. So cssamerica.com. And then I'm with the Jackson Group, which is a firm in, uh, uh, in North Carolina doing work on employee and customer or patient satisfaction surveys. Uh, surveying through telephone, email, web surveys, touchscreen surveys. Uh, working with organizations to help them measure their satisfaction levels of their various populations. And you can learn more about the Jackson Group at thejacksongroup.com, all one word, T-H-E, jacksongroup.com. And, of course, you're listening to TheMesh.TV. This is our online network of original shows and podcasts that are all free to listen to. you got everything from business to entertainment, uh, parenting to sports, uh, a lot of different things in between. Speaking of fishing, Ed, in one of your examples, we actually started a uh, rebroadcasting a new show that's coming out of Georgia, and it's all about fishing and cooking. So it's not oh, just a fishing show, but it's once you've caught that fish, what some great <laughs> things you can do food-wise. And it's really taking an interesting slant on all that. It's some fun, fun travels as we follow our two hosts as they go up and down the East Coast to different locations and find really interesting exotic places to fish and then really interesting uh, high-level cuisine that they can make from that food as well. So it's a good good show called Anglers and Appetites that we've been rebroadcasting on the Mesh Network the last couple months here. So a lot of good stuff on TheMesh.tv. Go check it out. And, of course, you can listen to all the back episodes of Stepping Up Service and subscribe to our show through iTunes or Stitcher Radio to make sure that you never miss one of our future episodes when we post them. So, Ed, let's get back to our conversation. We were talking about motivating the unmotivated employees. We already talked about the need to define those extra mile actions, and we talked about the need to paint a picture of great customer service that our staff or coworkers can relate to. What what else should we be doing to help motivate these these uh, these <laughs> these employees? Much like my example I gave earlier, the ones that just could not seem to care less whether or not I walked in the door of their office or not. So. Yeah, and now we are getting more specifically into motivating staff. You know, we talked about defining what we're looking for. We're talking about telling a story, which will be motivation in and of itself. But I want to tell you a quick story that talks about how do we actually motivate some of these folks. And, and this is a person who I worked with years ago. 
who had all the potential in the world, very sharp, very professional, but but very little of the productivity. Hmm. So it's one of these folks where you would go by her desk and the desk would be incredibly clean and neat and organized, almost too clean, too neat, too organized. So you oh, could wow. tell, you know, she just wasn't pushing herself. She wasn't making that kind of an effort. So, you know, I thought, well, maybe I ought to try to motivate her, come up with some kind of, you know, reward system or recognition that, that she could get or strive for or something like this. But then I thought, you know, instead of trying to use one of the top 10 motivational techniques of the day, I'm just going to ask her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, well, what what motivates you? You know, what gets you jazzed to go above and beyond to do a little bit extra to to, to actually uh, put in more effort than you might normally put in. And and I actually ended up doing this with two different employees. They told me things I never would have considered. Uh, and in both cases, I essentially did basically what they were suggesting. The you know For one of them, it was uh, we were not in the corporate office. We were at a client's site full time, and she wanted to be kept in the loop of what's going on at the corporate office, all mm-hmm. the conversations taking place, all the little things, which I personally didn't care anything about. But to her, it was very important to have that tie back in that field to the corporate office. To the other person uh, that I did this with, for her, it was just wanting to feel special and professional. And just like in the big six accounting firms, you know, you go out to lunch with the boss and you'll talk to him about high level things going on with the clients. She just wanted to go out to to eat once a month, have these discussions about the the president, the CEO, the board, the the VPs, et cetera, at the client site. You know, what, what was going on with them? What were they thinking? What makes them tick? All that kind of stuff that might not be specific to a project, uh, but is important to her, is what she was looking for. So we did that. Things I never would have thought of. So essentially what we're suggesting here is when you're trying to figure out how do you motivate staff, don't automatically institute the Friday pizza party or automatically put in some incentive program or automatically come up with some great recognition program, especially if it's certain people that you know have potential and you know are not anywhere near that potential, just simply sit down and ask them, you know, what motivates you? What gets you jazzed to go above and beyond? So, which I, I completely agree with that. I think that's a great point. I'm just trying to think through. So the idea of sitting down with somebody and basically asking them what motivates you or what is it that you find yourself feeling rewarded if it were to happen more and kind of just knowing that on more of an individual basis instead of trying to roll out that the blanket pizza party thing is right. what you're saying, right? Right. Get, what gets you uh, excited to, to, you know, really gives you a burst of energy to do a little bit something extra, gets you really interested in one type of project, and uh, and yet for whatever reason you're not interested, you may not be as interested in another type of project or another type of work. I mean, literally, what are those kind of things that get you really, really excited? Like I, I know you and I have had a discussion once about – uh, new product development, and you love coming up with new product ideas and developing them, and I can't stand doing that. Mm-hmm. And and it's one of those things where if, if somebody was to say, hey, Ed, you want you want to create this new product from scratch <laughs> with me? And I would say, heck no. <laughs> but, but no, was, I'll pass on that. Thanks, though. <laughs> yeah, but so whenever I come up with a good idea, I give it to you. But, uh, you know, if somebody <laughs> was to say that to, to you, you might get very jazzed and excited about it. And so we can't assume motivations. Different people have different motivations. Instead of assuming what motivates people, what gets them jazzed, you know, why why don't we just ask them? It's kind of like we always talk about instead of trying to come up with uh, so many new benefits for season ticket holders of a basketball team or a NASCAR team, uh, NASCAR track, et cetera, to try to 
retain them better, why don't we ask them how much do these benefits really impact your renewal decision? Yeah, well, and which benefits are most important to yeah. you? It's the same thing, but do it with employees. Well, that's something we do a lot with customer surveys sometimes is just which of these following features, benefits, or things are really the most important to you. So really it's kind of doing a little bit of that same internal work with the employees. It's saying exactly. what, what are the different aspects of the company or things we could be doing that would help motivate you. I guess I would just put the one caveat in there, the one danger point is if you're going to ask employees for that kind of information, what motivates you, what, what, what kind of jazzes you up, you need to be prepared as an organization to actually use that information because I would imagine it might be a little discouraging for someone to open up and say, oh, well, I would love it if I got more involved in this or was recognized this way or was shown this. And then for months later, all they still saw was the pizza party that everybody got. So exactly. it's kind of one of those things where if you're going to open the door, which I do agree is the right thing to do, to make sure you've got some mechanism in place to try to do move things in that direction so that the employee doesn't feel like they're giving you this feedback and it's not going anywhere. So Right. And that's interesting that you brought that up because we have one client, and this was not with us that they did this, but they brought in somebody to do a series of focus groups with employees to try to improve employee engagement. And it was a large organization. I want to say they had 12, 1,300 employees, and they literally did focus groups with about a third to a half of the employees. Wow. So it was overkill. Sure. And essentially what they asked them is, you know, what are some of the benefits that, that you all would like? And a lot of them were saying, well, we'd like to have a fitness facility here on site. And we'd like to have <laughs> this huge break room and all this sort of thing. And it, these were initiatives that they asked a lot of people. Uh, they got a lot of people piggybacking on each other in these focus groups. Uh, and they actually committed to it, spent a tremendous amount of facility-oriented, uh, construction-oriented funds, and uh, those things were greatly underutilized. Yeah. So you, you got to just got to be smart about it. You don't want to set the expectation we're going to do everything. You don't want to get all these employees whipped up uh, for something that might be unrealistic. But what we're talking about here is if you know certain employees have a lot of potential individually – they're, they don't have the production they should have. Go to them one-on-one, -on -one, target those that you want to retain, that you see have that potential for, for professional growth with your organization, and you just need to get more out of them. Go to them one-on-one, -on -one, have those conversations uh, so that you can better learn how to motivate them. So don't, don't assume every employee loves pizza, exactly. likes wearing jeans on Friday. Good point. Um, right? You know, because <laughs> you may have those employees who – or allergic to pizza or allergic to cheese and uh, don't like wearing jeans, don't own a pair of jeans, don't want to wear mm -hmm. jeans, yes. uh, then basically you've not done anything to motivate them at that point. So right. Exactly. Okay, got yeah. it. And, and uh, let me give you one other story about motivation, and it's kind of an interesting, it's almost like a sociology uh, uh, experiment that, that uh, I would refer to this as just in terms of how people behave or motivated. But this is a story that Steve Wynn Told. Do you know who Steve Wynn is? Sure. He's the casino owner, correct? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And he was telling this story to uh, a group of his employees and some other uh, others who were in attendance at this conference. And basically, he said several years ago, I, I tried to figure out how can I start transforming the culture of my hotels in my casinos to, to make it a better and better and better customer experience. And uh, his theory was if you make someone feel good about themselves, they will love you for it. Okay. So that was his theory. I, I need to find a way to transform the culture and I want my employees and customers 
to, to feel good about themselves. And mm-hmm. if they realize that that me or my company or my employees made them feel good, they're going to love me for it. They're going to love this organization for it. So he said, forget the crystal chandeliers, the heart hand woven woven carpet, the marble, it means nothing. All of a sudden, you're trying to engage with people one-on-one who care about you. And then he said, uh, he used this example of the shift change meetings that they have in hotels. You know, the housekeepers, environmental services, first shift comes off, second shift comes in. They have a 10-minute meeting to talk about shift change, just like in a hospital and a nursing unit. Do the same thing in the kitchens, do the same thing in the casinos. They have these short little meetings. Well, what they instituted with these meetings that already existed was to ask the employees if there was any great story uh, about something that happened with a customer on the previous shift, just Mm -hmm. so everybody could hear about it. Well, one employee told a story about how he was a a bellhop and he was about to help this couple that were checking in at one of the hotels. And he said, before we go up to your room, uh, do you have all your bags here? And, And the wife looked at all the bags and she said, oh, my goodness. I forgot one of the bags at our house, and it's the bag with our medicine, and and in particular, my husband's diabetes medicine. And and, Mm -hmm. uh, they said, well, is there any way to – the Bowman says, is there any way to get that here? Is there somebody you could call? Well, there is a housekeeper at the house, but – uh, you know, my husband needs a medicine by seven the next morning. It's three o'clock at night now. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he really needs to get it. The bellman said, no worries. I have a brother that lives about 10 minutes away from the town where you live. I think it was Escondido, California. I will mm-hmm. call him. If you call your housekeeper, I'll have your bro- my brother pick up uh, that, that medicine bag. Wow. And she said, wonderful. So the brother picked up the medicine bag. The bellman told the supervisor what had happened. The bellman drove five hours Mm. to his brother's house, picked up the bag, drove five hours back, and got it there so it could be delivered prior to 7 o'clock the next morning. Wow. Now, it's not only a great customer service story, but what they did here at at these uh, Wynn hotels is they would take those stories that came out of these meetings, Mm -hmm. uh, like these 10-hour shift change meetings, and they immediately put them on the intranet. So any employee with access to the intranet is all of a sudden seeing this story uh, of Bob or Jose or whomever the case might be who who did this particular activity and sees a picture of him and reads the story. They print up a ton of sheets, uh, which are basically the summary of the story with the face of the employee on them. They, they plaster them all over all the break rooms in the hotels. Wow. So there's almost immediate recognition based on something that, that happened by an employee. Now, now, what do you think that did to the employees when they started seeing these stories being publicized? What do you think happened? I would think for a majority of the employees, it's going to ramp up their, it's going to ramp up their, uh, their desire to see what they can do. Cause some, you know, there's just human nature. Sometimes the people, they want to be included on the board as well. And if they're seeing what the other stories are and what stories kind of help them get on the board or get on the wall, that gives them not only going back to your number two point about paint that picture, it tells a story that they can try to emulate as well and replicate that same level of service going forward. Yeah, that's you, you worded it wonderfully better than I could have worded it. So it's one of those situations where it's not just great for the customers, but the employees were looking for opportunities to create that same kind of story themselves. So it was motivating them to, to go above and beyond. And they were getting recognized immediately among their peers and among the leadership for going above and beyond. And it helped to change the culture uh, and obviously transform the customer experience as well. So that's really finding out what, what motivates somebody and then giving them ample opportunities to be recognized 
for when they do go above and beyond and helping that be a good case study for or role model for the rest of the, the rest of the employees too. That, that's exactly right. Now, granted, probably not everybody wants a rec- recognition True. getting back to our previous point, but this was an example where they were aligning their organizational goals in terms of customer experience, retention, word of mouth with their internal culture. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out how do we improve the culture and at the same time, create these wonderful customer experiences. And yeah. that's the way they did it. They just started telling the story. That's great. That is great. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. So you got a, what's your last point for us here on motivating the unmotivated employees? Yeah, our last point is by far our shortest point, and, and that is to be great yourself. You know, Alan, if you want to motivate your staff, uh, physician office, uh, doctor or manager, if you want to motivate your staff, you know, you have got to be great. You know, if you yeah. want them to go above and beyond, they've got to see you go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, if you want them to respond to emails quickly, to be patient uh, with, with the patients, uh, to to uh, be responsive to needs, to smile and greet and do all those things that, that create the wow experience, they have to see you doing that with customers and they have to see you as a leader doing that with your employees as well. Yeah, so absolutely. the final point is just as a leader, model, 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 do exactly or more of what you expect of others. I, I'm so glad you ended on that point because that's my number one thing in so many of these situations is that it's amazing to me sometimes where we see people in leadership roles instructing their staff to be better in customer service, to be better with our clients, to do this work better. But then you watch them and they do none of that. So basically they're setting a tone, whether they realize it or not, that it's, you know, you, you may have these expectations for your staff, but if they don't see it around them and the people that they report to, uh, the motivation is not there for them to match that. And, uh, it makes it really tough. And it also makes it very contentious when a leader has to come down on an employee saying, hey, listen, you're not delivering the kind of service or experience we want. Because then that becomes a very friction situation if that leader themselves is not also exhibiting oh, that same role. Definitely. It's like, well, the employee is going to be in a torn position. I'm being reprimanded for something that you yourself, boss, are not doing. And it's, it definitely causes a lot more stress in the organization than it needs to. So uh, I'm glad you ended with that. That's, that's so important. It really is. Yeah. So the four key points that we we're talking about today, obviously, we, we started with the fact that if we want people to go the extra mile, we have to define it. Then we have to paint a picture of what it looks like. Uh, try to motivate staff. Don't assume the motivation and look for ways to align what your goals are with the customer, with the culture you're creating. And in the end, be the model it, uh, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think there again, it, it, it's it's never a foolproof situation. It's not guaranteed to motivate every unmotivated employee. Sometimes in an organization, you're just going to have employees that are not a good fit for the organization. You can try to motivate them, find ways to uniquely motivate them. And if it just doesn't work and they're still just not getting it, um, maybe they're not in the right organization. And that's kind of where if you feel like you're doing these kind of things, I would imagine the next step is, Maybe let's talk about whether this person's the right fit for us or not here at the organization. Um, but those exactly. employees, who, those employees who want to do a good work and want to do a good job, just need that extra motivation to be focused and know what that is that's being expected of them. Uh, you've nailed it that we're there with those four points. Absolutely. So some great information there, Ed. Thanks so much for that information on motivating the unmotivated employees to go the extra mile. Uh, I think it's something we could all use uh, in any kind of workplace or organization environment we've got. 
Now, Ed, we always like to kind of bring in our customer service story, our own personal experience we've had recently. A lot of this episode, I've already been telling mine. And there again, it just happened to me this morning. Um, I won't repeat that, but I, I will just say that it's a good reminder to me, you know, going through an experience like this, and I hope it is to everybody else around that. You know, those are the kind of things having a, a poor experience or just not even that's a poor experience. It's just it wasn't a good experience. It's not the kind of experience that you remember and think about positively is enough to cause somebody to think about whether or not they should be using your organization for services or not. Because that's the way I was feeling after I left that exam room is just thinking to myself. And honestly, it was going through my head. Should I be looking for another place to go for medical services? Because I, I feel like I'm inconveniencing everybody when I'm here. <laughs> yes. I feel like I feel like I'm just not really wanted here. And I know that sounds kind of uh, I don't know. It sounds kind of odd to say that, but that's kind of the way you felt. So anyway, right. that was just my story, and I know it's a something I think we can all relate to is when we have that feeling of being around people who aren't motivated to really take care of us. So. So, Ed, do you have a story to share with us this month? Yes, I do. And it's it's very short and it really doesn't get into the service uh, at all that I experienced recently. But it's the story of what led up to the experience. We're having, uh, as the summer heats up, air conditioning issues in our house. Oh, great. And the air conditioner, sometimes it comes out of the register at 59 and sometimes it comes out at 79 and wow. you know the, the air blows fine if it's just on our first floor but if it's on both floors it, it doesn't blow fine so we decided to um uh, contact an, an hvac contractor to come out mm-hmm. and look at our air conditioning system and i almost called a certain company that's heavy with tv ads in the charlotte area just to try somebody new since we didn't have a company that we really utilized for that at this point but before doing so my wife went down the street she was just chatting with a neighbor the neighbor had a friend there and, uh, and my wife talked a little bit about the issues that we were having and the friend said oh you got to try out this particular company they were outstanding so my wife told me about this company i checked them out uh, on the better business bureau they had a a rating checked them out with angie's list all of the different attributes were a's the overall rating was a um, so basically that's it that's my story i'm not even going to get into what the experience was like but the reason uh, that, that I'm sharing this is that the real story is that uh, customers can drive sales. Yeah, that's customers can drive new sales. It's not all about marketing. Uh, you know, customers drive the recommendations uh, from friends, from the Better Business Bureau, from Angie's List. So customers are what's driving a lot of those different ratings and recommendations. So to get tomorrow's customers. You got to make sure you're making a great experience for today's customers. That's such a good point. And I mean, it really is kind of showing back to our culture. I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past episodes about we're, we're seeing a lot more people choosing vendors, choosing people to do business with based on a lot more of that social connectivity that we have with one another, recommendations and what our friends will say, what our coworkers will say. And I mean, it's not to say that's not, that hasn't always been the case, but I think it's even more exaggerated now with Facebook and people talking publicly about experiences they're having online and and all that. So I think we're definitely in a, at a point where if you're not doing your best work with today's customers and trying to build that good reputation, you're going to have a really, really tough time with tomorrow's customers. Absolutely. So very yeah. good point. So, and did you have a, another story you wanted to share as well, Alan? No, no, or, just my, okay. just my doctor's office story. I'm still... I'm still a little, little bitter right now. So, you know, it's a <laughs> little bitter. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. Boy, I really, 
it's, it's probably the fact that it just happened a few years ago. It's still being very fresh in my brain. It's still just the more I think about it, it's like, wow, that just really is not the kind of environment I want to be spending time in. So uh, definitely it causing is. me some questions. Maybe in the coming months, I'll have to give you an update on whether I made a change or not. So we'll see. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes I'll just be working with a business and based on the experience, especially if it's a bad one like that, I'll think, is it worth my time to subject myself to this kind of an experience. I mean, it, just in life, do you want to align yourself with people that are going to make you frustrated and agitated and angry? Yeah. Um, you know, is it uh, from a money perspective, do I want to spend money? Granted, I'm getting a service, I'm getting a test result, but do I want to spend money to have this kind of an experience just to get the test result? Yeah. So at sure. some point, you just got to ask yourself those questions. Do, do I want to put myself in a position to, to get frustrated for the next two hours? Do I want to spend money on something that I know is not going to be an enjoyable experience? And at some point, we just got to make those decisions and say, hey, it's not always about the product. It's not always about the particular service. Sometimes it's about all that experience that surrounds it. And so much of that is customer service. I Great way to cap off the episode, Ed, there. So great. Well, that's been our episode today for Stepping Up Service, talking about motivating the unmotivated employees to go the extra mile. Ed Gagnon's with Customer Service Solutions. Again, you can learn more about his company at cssamerica.com. And again, email newsletter, blog post, a lot of different resources to go check out and learn and uh, read up on regarding the world of customer service. And I'm Alan Jackson with The Jackson Group. Learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com. If you're interested in providing some ideas for future topics of this show or have questions or feedback on anything you're hearing us talk about, you can reach out to us on themesh.tv website. There is a page for Stepping Up Service, but there's also a button on the website for Contact Us. Go on there, drop us a quick line, let us know likes, dislikes, and questions, topics you wish we'd uh, cover in the future. We'd love to hear from you and engage in some dialogue there as well. So definitely check us out at themesh.tv. And go ahead and download some back episodes while you're there as well. So for Stepping Up Service, Ed, I guess we're going to wrap it up for this month. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanks, you too. All right. We'll talk to everybody next time. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.